0: Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. You're listening to Han Talks First. I'm your host, Han, and this is the podcast you're looking for, where we talk everything about Star Wars. And today we're going over things such as that new Clone Wars trailer that we forgot to talk about last week. We're talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and a bunch of other stuff. So kick back, relax, and let's talk some Star Wars. So glad to be back and talking with you guys again about Star Wars. This is the one of many highlights starting out my week and I must say it's been a it was a good week last week. Um, one thing I wanted to share was I recently got a new charging pad for my phone. Uh, you know, the ones that you get with when you have like one of the newer phones and it charges wirelessly. So I was with my girlfriend out, just kind of walking about, and we went into a couple of GameStops and game stores and etc. cetera. And um, when we were in the GameStop, we found a charging pad that is the Millennium Falcon. And it's the coolest thing. And when you put your phone on, to let you know that it's charging, the engine lights in the back turn blue, and it looks like the Falcon is, like, being turned on. It's, like, it's really cool, and something that I will cherish forever. So, uh, with that little pleasantries out of the way, uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and jump right into it with the Clone Wars, you know? And, uh, you know, again, if you guys like what you're hearing here on Talks First and you want to hear more or you want to be up to date, please consider, you know, following the podcast on either Spotify or Apple Music so you can get the updates when they come in. And, uh, of course, like and share Uh, really helps if you comment and rate the podcast under Apple Music. And it does so much for the podcast you have no idea. It really brings attention to other people that haven't heard of it before. So, Clone Wars Season 7 is coming out. Uh, everyone was so excited about it when they made the announcement at Celebration. That was the, one of the greatest teasers of all time. And uh, technically, I mean, it wasn't even a teaser. It just looked like it was like this um, homage video to what was the Clone Wars series. And then it wasn't until the very end that they were just like, Clone Wars saved, and it's coming back. And then everyone lost their minds. And then we just got the new trailer for it, and it looks absolutely incredible. One of the first things I notice is the animation style. While it's the same style, you can tell that there is so much more budget and heart put into this this time around. It's a total quality improvement than it was previously in in the other six seasons. Um, There's just something about the look. It's more detailed. It's it's more... uh, what's the word, they don't look so much like cardboard cutouts anymore, which is kind of what makes this show so uh, unique visually, is the design, but it's just, it looks like it's just got more, just more, more put into it, and look, they have more time, stuff like that, and we all know that Dave Filoni had mapped out everything that was going to happen in the this, this series. But he just didn't get the chance to finish it when Disney made the acquisition to, for Lucasfilm. And I don't think they were ever really going to cancel the show. I think they were just putting on hold so they could re- release it in on their time and not just... If it would have released uh, regularly, they, they would have had to play catch-up. But in this way, they could have... You know, gone through and looked at what was going on in the show and what was to come, and then they could kind of prepare themselves for how to market it, embrace it, and tie it into the rest of their canon material. So it is back, and it's probably going to tie in heavily into all the movies and comics and books that we have out now. I'm not going to do the trailer beat by beat or frame by frame like some people do, because I I just think that's kind of redundant, Um, and we've all probably seen it already. Um, and if you haven't, you're probably just waiting for the show itself, which I, I, I think that's really cool too. I kind of wish I had the restraint to do that, but (laughs) I don't, I have no control. So it it looks like it's going to be heavily based around Darth Maul. So we're going back into those stories with him and the Crimson Peak and his, his, um, control of Mandalore and his, his hate for Obi-Wan and, uh, vengeance for his brother, trying to get back at the Emperor, all this kind of stuff. It looks like we're going to be focused heavily on him. Uh, him and Ahsoka, of course. Uh, I guess also clones, obviously. Clone Wars is definitely, you know, Rex, Fives, their story, and all the other ones in the 501st. Um, but there was a lot of Maul in this uh, trailer. More than I thought we were going to get. If You know, thinking back to when we didn't have a trailer at this point, but so yeah, I, I'm really excited to see that. I, I have a feeling that this show, Season 7, will show us what was referenced in the Mandalorian TV show, which was the purge, the great purge of Mandalore. And I think that because you see the shots of the Mandalorian and the uh, Mandalorian leader and she's overlooking uh, some kind of city, urban area that is... Set aflame and in destruction. And uh, so I think this might be something that ties in directly with the Mandalorian TV show and kind of answer those questions that we were asking like, what was the purge? What caused the demise of Mandalore and the separation of all these different factions of Mandalorian people? So I think we'll dive into that, which I think would be really cool. Um, I also think we're going to get um, uh, Ahsoka's. Fight against Maul, and the reason why their chemistry is so uh, back and forth in the Rebels TV show, because you got to remember, we're also trying—we're not just trying to tie loose ends up in the Clone Wars TV series, but we're also leading up to the events that are in Rebels. So we're going to figure out what happened to Ahsoka and where she- where she went, what she's been up to. I guess, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Dave Filoni loves to keep. Ahsoka's whereabouts very secretive all the time. And, um, but yeah, I think, I think it'll tie in directly with the Rebels. It might even pick up right where it left off. However, there are many quotes in this from Revenge of the Sith. I think some directly taken from the movie. So I think the events in season seven will go into Clone Wars. I'm sorry. Of season seven will go into Revenge of the Sith. So we're going to have like, maybe even like straight. Straight up scenes from Revenge of the Sith done in animation style with some of the same audio and stuff like that. I really think that's where the show is going. It's going to go probably right up to order sixty six if not just a little bit after. and of course, we'll probably figure out how and when Rex, Cody fives all remove their chips from from their brains so they could not execute order sixty six and one of my theories is, based on the trailer and all the dialogue we got in it, is that Maul is doing that classic evil bad guy speech, right? Where he like is like, it's all part of the plan. And he's, it seems like he's talking to Ahsoka. And I would think that he's doing that thing that all bad guys do in movies, and he like tells his plan before he does it. And I think he's telling this to Ahsoka. So I think he's telling Ahsoka, I know about the clones. They have chips in their head where... Once an order is executed, such as Order 66, they're going to have to follow it, and they have no choice or control over the matter. And I think Ahsoka is going to reveal that to Rex, Fives, Cody, and tell them, you got to remove these chips. And that's how they get it removed. Could be another way. I'm not sure. And then the last thing I noticed, which I really hope is true, but is that Gorgara? In the trailer, the giant bat demon from Dathomir. It would be so cool, and if it also if like Maul gets to control it or like ride him or something like that. I think it's a girl, but anyway, if you have played Jedi Fallen Order, you know who I'm talking about. It was one of the <laughs> one of the hardest levels to that game was to defeat that giant hairy bat. But then again, I don't I don't remember while playing the game, if if she was killed or not. So maybe it's not. Maybe it's just like a brother or an ancestor or something like that. Anyway, guys, that's it for the Clone Wars trailer. I'm really excited about it. It comes out this month, uh, I think in like uh, two weeks or something like that. So you know we're going to be breaking it down here on the channel for you guys. And just a little heads up, we're going to start doing video for Han Talks first. And it'll go right up to YouTube and also on the podcast channel network. Um, and so you can actually like see what the hell I look like if you're curious, or if you probably just assume that I have a face made for radio, then stay right here on the podcast and listen on your way to work and, you know, in any safe space where you don't have to look at my face. (laughs) So let's move on to Obi-Wan Kenobi and this new mini series that is coming out. Uh, I'm not going to talk to you about all the drama that's been going on, all these rumors that are Oh, it's been canceled. Oh, it's been pushed back. Oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series is like, it's up in flames and Ewan McGregor, he's not in it anymore. Like, it's all fake. It's all, it's fake news. And that's not what we're going to talk about. What I am going to talk about is I'm going to share with you some of my fan fiction of something that I had envisioned an Obi-Wan Kenobi series being before it was even announced that they're making one or that there was talks about it. And then I'm going to share with you actual plot leaks from Lucasfilm themselves. There is a mole, ladies and gentlemen, in Lucasfilm. And they're the ones that leaked the uh, information about the Rise of Skywalker that became true. They're the one that's that's leaked all the concept art. And <clears throat> could have been the person that leaked the Duel the Fates script. I'm not sure, but anyway... Usually I don't have a lot of faith in leaks or rumors, and I don't really like to talk about them, but in this case, I think it's very interesting and reliable, and there's not too much that I'm worried about spoiling for myself with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, so I will be talking about it. But before I do, I will give you a spoiler warning. So stick around, I'm going to tell you what I would like to see in an Obi-Wan TV show, and then I'll get into the spoilers. So for now, uh, like I said, I'm going to tell you about what I envisioned my version of an Obi-Wan Kenobi series being. And I had written down these ideas with the intention of writing myself an official fan fiction novel or episode structure of how I envisioned it, just for fun. And I had written down these thoughts before, I would say about a year ago. And this was before any, any talks or rumors about the official series coming to life. So this was all just speculation and stuff I'd hoped to see. And what's funny is a lot of it is very similar to what we are hearing in these plot leaks. So, without giving too much detail, I will tell you one of the openings for my my version of the series was that I wanted Obi-Wan Kenobi to fight a crate Dragon. And if you don't know exactly what a crate Dragon is, it's that dragon skeleton that you see in the big, in a new hope the remains of this ancient giant lizard in the desert that C-3PO walks by that's a crate dragon and they're extinct at the time of a new hope and what i wanted to explore was the existence of the last crate dragon living on tatooine and the way obi-wan kenobi gets involved with it is he he often splunks in the caves of the Crate Dune Sea where the dragons used to live and he went splunking through them so that he could collect their their scales which are these very rare very valuable pearls called crate pearls and he would use that to fund his inheritance to Luke because we know in A New Hope, Obi-Wan Kenobi has a lot of money. I mean, he pays like, I don't know, I think it was like 17000 for Han Solo to drive them off of off of Tatooine. I can't remember whether, I think it was twelve twelve thousand something like that, units. But he's got a lot of money, right? And, if, and Luke's like, we could buy our own ship for that amount of money. Uh, <laughs> But we know, okay, Obi-Wan's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of dough, right? And so this would have been my explanation to how he accumulated that that amount of money because I wouldn't think he would have uh, kept or saved anything after the Clone Wars because that might be trackable. So that's how he earns his living, essentially, is he collects those pearls and either pawns them off or just keeps them and collect value until the dragon is completely extinct. But later on in my series the dragon itself becomes a threat to Luke. Before Obi-Wan was very he was very respectful of the the last dragon's existence. He didn't want to hurt it. He just wanted to collect the pearls that were left behind. But it does eventually become a threat to Luke, Owen, Aunt Brew, and then he must kill it. And the only reason the dragon starts to become a threat is because it ventures out of its own inha- habitat because it's lost food and it's lost shelter and it's, it's just... it needs to hunt, it needs food, it needs to go to new territories. And this all has to do with Tatooine being a dying planet. And I was going to allude to that as well. That Tatooine was once a very luscious, green, and water-filled space. And over time, Tatooine has slowly been dying. And the only time we see it in our about 100-year period in the movies, it has always been seen to be a desert planet. But that is, that's essentially kind of the opening and uh, middle part for this series. It, I also wanted to explore the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi has PTSD, you know he went from a a t- like a 20 year period of just straight war and the justice system and being a jedi knight and a master and he goes straight from that to being an exile and just protecting a child and living in solitude for ha- like 19 years of, of Luke's life so to be able to go from one extreme to the other it would cause some amounts of depression and anxiety in Obi-Wan. And I wanted to explore that in my my little story, my fan fiction. And through this, he begins to hear echoes of his old master's voice, Qui-Gon Jinn. And he just assumes that he's going crazy or he's having flashbacks to um, times he shared with Qui-Gon Jinn. But when in fact it's Qui-Gon trying to communicate with Obi-Wan. So during this we know that Yoda told him that he is training for him. So he's been trying to train, trying to communicate. And when he finally realizes that those aren't just his, those voices aren't just him going crazy and it's actually Qui-Gon Jin trying to communicate, he accepts it and he starts to really meditate and focus and become this very humble, very very calm older man that we see in A New Hope. Because he is a completely different person in that movie than he is from Revenge of the Sith. And I wanted to I wanted to transition into that and see what what paths he takes to get there. And of course, I wanted to show the struggle that Obi-Wan would have gone through with Luke's uncle Owen. I really didn't want to focus too much on Luke Skywalker in my story. If he's in the story at all. I really just wanted it to be like a quick word of wisdom to him or briefly I would like to see him in one episode, you know, just, just as a kid. I don't want to see him grow. I really don't want him to be a part of the story. I think it's not Luke's story. This is Obi-Wan's story. And on top of that, I think most of his interactions with that family would be with through Owen Lars. And Owen, being very... Distant and telling Obi-Wan, you know, he can't live anywhere close by. He's gotta live off in a in a home somewhere far away. And they have back and forths all the time about how Luke should know the his history, but Owen Lars is like, no, he can't know anything about anything that ever happened to him. So just a constant struggle between the two of them. And one of the final things that every story needs is a um, either an antagonist or a major obstacle or something that is uh, causing a halt in the story's growth. And for my story, it would have been to bring back this character from Legends material called Asarad Het. And this character is, for those of you that do know, there's this strand of comics that is focused on him, and it's a very, very good read, and he has such an interesting backstory and history to him, which I'll explain to you here in a second. But before I do, I am going to start getting into the leaks of the Obi-Wan series. That's that's kind of all I wanted to talk about right now with my own personal fan fiction of Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you guys would like to hear more, let me know, and I can come back and share with you finer details about my story and how I envisioned it happening and, and planned out, um, but in order to do that now, I have to get into the plot leak. So if you're not interested, okay, here is your spoiler warning, and come back to next week's episode, and we'll have new information for you, new Star Wars talk that's not spoiler related, and everyone can enjoy. But, for the rest of you, let's get into it with some of these plot leaks. Now, the source of these plot weeks is in no way a mutual acquaintance or friend of mine, okay? I'm just pointing that out there. This is this is second-hand information that I'm receiving, and it hasn't really made the headlines yet, so I'm very <clears throat> excited to talk about it, because here at talks First, <laughs> haven't really had a major story do any kind of major numbers yet, or draw that much attention. So, Not that I want that, but I just really want to start the discussion off and see where it goes from there. So the first bit of information that we learned, which doesn't have to do with the story, is that we are, in fact, getting six episodes. Each episode will be an hour and a half each. How freaking amazing is that? We're going to have essentially six whole movies based around Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, all of this information is rumor and it could be completely fake. So take it with a grain of salt, or if you're Anakin, take it with a grain of sand, okay? Now, <clears throat> the rest of the story plot points here, they're very vague, but it seems like they're taking many ideas from Legends material. And the main one is the return of sarad Het. Does that sound familiar to you? That's the exact villain I was going to have in my fanfiction. How crazy is that? It kind of makes me wonder, like, who is going through my computer and reading my notes? Anyway, but now's the time I get to tell you about this character and how rich his history is and how important he could be to a TV show like this and why I would love to see him come to life in live action. So, Asarad <clears throat> or Asharad Het, or I'm not really 100% sure how to pronounce it. Star Wars names are weird. I'm going to go with Asharad Het for now. And if it's wrong, someone can correct me. Now, he, he's a human, and he, like Anakin, was also born on Tatooine, which I think is pretty cool. Unlike Anakin, he wasn't a slave or anything. He actually. Grew up and lived in tribe with the Tuscan Raiders. Now I'm not the Tuscan Raiders aren't human, and that's one of the mysteries that we actually still don't know is what their faces look like. So that could be explored too, but he often disguises himself as a Tuscan Raiden, One to fit in, and two um, because it's part of his upbringing and that's his culture at this point. So. I don't remember how he got off of Tatooine and joined the the Jedi, but he did. And uh, something really cool is he was the apprentice to Ki-Adi-Mundi. And if, for those of you who don't recognize the name, he was a giant conehead guy that was always like, but what about the droid on the Wookiees? So he was his apprentice, and I've always loved that because we never really hear about Ki-Adi-Mundi's apprentice-i. apprentice Apprentices? Uh, I don't know the word for that but we never heard about that guy's apprentices. And it's really cool that Ashad's history is led from the learnings of Kiadi Mundi. mundi uh, Ashad was also really close friends with Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars. I think the relationship lasted somewhere about 10 years. So it was in their teenage years during the Clone Wars that they were friends. And... He was a general in the Clone Wars, so he didn't spend too much time with Anakin once he reached that rank of master, but he, he did survive the Purge, the Order 66. And after the betrayal, he went back to what he knew, which was Tatooine, and he returned there to rejoin his tribe of Tusken Raiders. So he was, that was his form of living in hiding, because no one can identify a Jedi if they're disguised as a Tusken Raider. Now, during that time on Tatooine, he didn't know that any other Jedi had survived. He assumed he was the only one. And he feels this presence on Tatooine. And it's very strong with the Force. He feels light, but he also feels darkness. He feels secrecy, betrayal. And that is the Force essence of Obi-Wan and also Luke Skywalker. So he tries to find ways to find this guy obi and then he, he when he does find him <clears throat> they kind of get in a, uh, a a tussle and they fight and because they have, both have different views on on how to live life after the purge of the the jedi and the the republic and um one thing that Sherrod was doing in the uh Deserts of Tatooine was he was starting his own little band of of uh, fighters to like privately go up against the New Empire, and he would hire these people and they would they would uh they would just slowly take out small factions of the Empire and uh, clones and just try and fight back the best they could while still remaining in secrecy and. Through all this, he's got different ideals than Obi-Wan does. Obi-Wan can't join him and he can't tell him why he can't join him. And the reason being that he's watching over Luke. They get into a fight because they think they're they're on different paths or whatever. Obi-Wan does win, okay? And one thing that is really cool about this, if these um, plot leaks will become true. Remember, all of this is just backstory. This isn't really from the leaker yet. This is all just like history of of what um, Ashara Het is. Um, but anyway, they get into a fight, and Obi-Wan exiles him from Tatooine. During his exile, he found out that the thing that Obi-Wan was guarding was Luke Skywalker, the son of Darth Vader, who was Anakin, a really good friend to Ashara Hett. And so that just angers him, and he tries to figure out how to go up against this threat How to, he feels responsible for the turn of of Anakin. He feels like he could have done something about it. He feels responsible for the fall and demise of the Jedi. He he just feels all this guilt and anger, and he tries to figure out what to do with it. And he hates the Empire, and he wants to rebel against it and just fight. And because of this, it leads him to the dark side. In his exile from Tatooine, he comes across this Force-sensitive person, called Kokan. And Kokan is one of the very first Sith ever. And she manipulates Ashard's mind and bends it to make him more evil. And eventually he does, and he becomes, and he, he takes on the name Darth Crate, which I think is very cool because it kind of leans into that um, crate dragon and like the Dune Crate Sea of Tatooine, probably where his his group of people was from, but he becomes Darth Crate, so he's now a Sith, and he decides to create a new rule based off the rules of former Sith, and he creates the rule of one Sith, and it's essentially just means that there is one ultimate ruler, and... He is a dark-powered force-sensitive killer. What was really cool about one Sith was it was a small group of force sensitives that they looked they kind of like a, an old '90s grunge band. They all wore red and black, and they all had red lightsabers and they would just go and they would just like kinda hunt people and just just kill everybody. They were they were just like a bad a bad boy group. They're a a Motley crew. The only thing missing was, you know, just guitars and drums and rock music. But they're a really cool group. So the one Sith. That's essentially the backstory I want to give on a shot hit. And with that out of the way I can get into more of the plot leaks. So he returns in these plot leaks apparently. And he goes into hiding as a Tusken Raider after Order 66. He senses Luke's on the planet, and he wants to kill him because he fears he could be another another dark side power. Um, he's But he's also conflicted. He's feared that if he killed him, it would lure Palpatine and Vader to Tatooine, and that's something he doesn't want to risk for his, his people there. Um, Plot leak also says that o- Obi-Wan now wields his and anakin's saber whenever in confrontation or battle or whatever and he it also says that obi-wan is suffering ptsd and depression sound familiar <laughs> and another thing here says obi-wan gets into a fight with het and in that fight obi-wan is wielding both lightsabers up against him and the reason why i love this plot point is because ashard het is a dual lightsaber fighter. So he wields two sabers at once. And if Obi-Wan goes up against him with Anakin and his lightsaber, that means we could see a live-action lightsaber fight with two sabers on two sabers. And I think that can make for some very cool choreography and beautiful shots and images. And we know Ian McGregor can do it because he is an expert swordsman. So that would be such a cool lightsaber fight to see. Two on two. Uh, There's so much you could do with that, and we haven't seen that before. And it takes lightsaber choreography or the idea of lightsaber fights to another level without having to add another blade to another end. Like, you know, how Kylo Ren's had had three blades on it, and Darth Maul's had, it was dual-ended. This is like taking a classic design and then just seeing like how what else you could go up against with it. That being two sabers on two sabers. I don't know. I think it'd be really cool uh, if this is true. I would. Lo- can't wait for that. Um, and then the last plot point here that is that was leaked is that after the fight, he wins and that's the last he uses Anakin's saber. Don't know why, but that's when he puts it into the box. And it does; it's not opened again until A New Hope. So, which leads me to believe, you know, if I watch that scene again where Luke gets the lightsaber for the first time, what's said in that scene that could reference something that happens during the time that Obi-Wan has the fight? Because I would think that he kept it in the box so long, he kind of forgot about it. But what sparks that memory in him that makes him think of it? It's got to be something that Luke said to him, Right? something maybe about the clone wars and that's when he remembers the lightsaber don't know so that's it for the spoilers on that are that were leaked the the plot points uh again could be completely fake could be completely true don't know we'll have to wait and see it is starting production in 2021 which means we will probably get it in fall of 2022 and that'll be about the same time that we get the new movie is that right I think they said the new movies would start to come out in 2022 so we got a little while before we get some more live action Star Wars content at least new content we still got the Mandalorian we got the Clone Wars and allegedly Cassian Endor but we haven't heard jack about that show. We do know that they're struggling with... <laughs> go figure. They're struggling with writers and directors. They're trying to get Tony Gilroy back to help out with some of it. And it's funny because he he wants nothing to do with Star Wars. And he wants... N- <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with Rogue One. And they must offered him a lot of money because he is not a Star Wars guy. But he made a really good Star Wars movie. Or he fixed... A Star Wars movie and made it good. Anyway, guys, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you want to hear more, tune in next week. We're gonna I'm gonna share with you um, an interview with Chris Terrio about the rise of Skywalker. Not an interview I did, but just an, a general interview. But it was it was an interview that was I I stumbled across that mentioned a lot about some of the background of the choices made in the script writing such as what are the ins and outs of the significance of Rey being a Palpatine and the scene with Han Solo coming back to talk to Kylo as a memory and just a bunch of other stuff a lot of insight to the writing that Chris Terrio speaks on and he really gets into it so I'm excited to share that with you guys but thank you so much for listening I hope you have a great rest of your week May your Monday kick some ass. And now, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the Force be with you. Do it.